Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Feel the vibration. How good's that for the opening, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? And, of course, Mark Wahlberg is one of the men behind Wahlberg's Burgers, and that's where we are broadcasting from live today on Princess Wharf in Auckland as I'm delivered my beautiful ice-cold Summerbees lager. Am I allowed? Uh, not lager. Cider. Thank you, Bradley. I am joined. We're just going to kick you off. Why are we here? We are here because this is new. This is cool. I walked in here about an hour ago, and I was just like, I could spend an afternoon here. This is pretty welcoming type place. And I'm joined by, she's got a whole raft of titles. I'm just going to call her Ash Theretti from Wahlbergs. Great to have uh, you sitting beside me here in this pretty cool environment, that, which is 24 hours old now in New Zealand. And you, they can't hear you, they've just said. Um, we'll try that again. Um, okay, I think we can hear you now. Um, why New Zealand? Uh, Warburgers is around all over the world. Why did you pick New Zealand? First of many, an amazing menu. It is an amazing, an amazing menu. I've just gone through and, and trying to choose one has been difficult for me. Signature dishes on the Wahlburgers menu are what? Tell you what we're going to do. We're just having an issue with your mic, and it sounds like my mic is now as well now. So we'll just take our first break. Sorry, people out there, but we will catch up with Ash straight after this and start thinking about what your must ingredient is for your burger back home in New Zealand. So stick around. We'll catch up with Ash in just a moment. Oh, it's another Marky Mark. Part two. We'll start that again. We have the microphones fixed. Uh, I understand we do have the microphones fixed, which is great. If you missed the last five minutes, Ash Theretti is with us. She's with Wahlburgers, which is where we are broadcasting from. You're very welcome to come down. We are here until three o'clock when Phoenix Nation takes over, but we've got a lot of grounds cover. But we're at Wahlburgers. I hope it's just say Wahlburgers, but I've got to put the ears on the end. Wahlburgers. I've seen the burgers. haven't tasted them yet, Ash, um, who joins me now. You've been all over the world with Wahlburgers. Why was it set up in the first place, and who set it up? Sure. So this was um, 
a concept by Chef Paul Warburg, who um, launched the brand 12 years ago in the States. Um, we've got a great partner over here in Australia and New Zealand, and we are super excited to be here. What's special about the menu? I've looked at the menu, and I'm going to be perfectly honest. I normally struggle to find what to choose. This time I had to struggle to find out what to leave out. Sure. So we like to think that we have a little bit for everybody. Um, the burgers are amazing and obviously sell themselves. But we've also got a lot of appetizers, desserts, salads, um, kids' menu, something for everybody. It is a kid-friendly venue. The thing I like about the setup here down at uh, Princess Wharf is it's it's not officially zoned, but you can see there's, there's an area where a couple could go. There's an area where a family can go. There's an area where a group of mates can go. You can sit outside. You can sit at the bar. You can sit inside. It's, it's not a huge venue. But it's a cool venue, isn't it? You must be happy with the footprint that you've got here. Oh, for sure. And that's definitely something we do by design um, to make sure we have TVs everywhere. Um, premier venue for sport, um, no matter where you're sitting, whether it's at the bar enjoying a beer or with your family uh, outside looking at the views. Um, yeah, we just want to make sure everyone feels the energy when they come in here and has a good time. You've made it very Auckland, too. You've got a big feature wall down the back right of the restaurant with images of Auckland, which look amazing, and outer Auckland coming into the restaurant. That's a cool touch. For sure. Um, connecting with our community is something that's really important to us as a brand, so we like to make sure that you know, any community that we enter, we add our own flavor, but make sure that we're being um, you know, connected with who's here. I'm going to get people to text in, double eight double three, or call in shortly, 0800 150 Tell me what your crucial ingredient of your burger is. What's your weirdest one, you reckon? Uh, you know, I don't know if we have a weird one. Might um, be, there might be, because you're an American and I'm a Kiwi. So that's totally fair. Um, the Fiesta burger is a bit funky. Um, if you like spicy food, you're definitely going to like it. Um, it's a chipotle mayo, a house-made salsa, a house-made salsa excuse me, um, which is really good. Truffle burger, never seen one of those before. Beef patty, cheese, truffle aioli, pickled onion. Do you make everything on site? We make a lot of our product here on site. Um, most of our sauces are house-made every day by our talented chef team. Um, and we cut all of our produce fresh, bring in all of our uh, locally sourced products as well. Um, local beef, local buns. We make sure that we're, um, we're doing it right. Looks like a good fit for New Zealand, this wall burgers, I must, I must say. I should just know she got merchandise as well, and you've got an Instagram wall outside as well. You're really ticking every box. Is there an appetite to spread yourself further around New Zealand? Absolutely. We've already got a couple more stores um, in the plans for 2023 here in New Zealand and um, the next few years as well. We're expanding in Australia and New Zealand too. Um, we've got heaps of stores coming. And you're in America, you're in Canada, you're in Australia. Tell me about the one in Germany. Sure. So we opened in Germany in 2020. Um, it's a unique spot because it's actually on a U.S. Air Force base, which is great. So it's located inside the base and um, really caters to the military folk that are living there. So we're really just honored to be serving where our military serve. How many live there? Uh, it's about 100,000 Americans, which is the largest concentration of Americans outside of America in one area. Fascinating. Well, uh, I've received my cider. Uh, I'm assured my burger and loaded fries aren't far away. I cannot wait to launch myself into um, just popping my Wahlburgers cherry. You know, I've never tried it. Let's get involved in it. Uh, great to have you host us here and us to host you as well. It's been fantastic, Ash. So people out there in New Zealand, text through. <laughs> Look at Jim from Tamuka, drooling about a burger from far, far away. <laughs> this is cruel radio staffing. Just be careful. So, yes, what are your crucial burger ingredients, New Zealand? What's your sneaky little one when you're doing your barbecue and you're inviting your friends around? What's one you, 
you sneak in? Have you got your own special sauce? Do you do you smoke your own onions like they do here at Wahlburgers? Tell us what they are, double eight double three, or call us on 0800 811. And here's the great news. Ash has just told me two $100 Wahlburgers vouchers will be given away after this first hour. So get them in. Everyone will go in, into the draw. We'll spin our electronic wheel. Two people will get a $100 Wahlburgers voucher. Now, I know that if for P- PJ and Tamuka, etc., you don't live in Auckland, but everyone in New Zealand knows someone in Auckland. What a great Easter present or something to send them to come along to Wahlburgers. Ash, thanks each for having us today. We're looking forward to it. Thank you so much. There she is. Ash from Wahlburgers. Give us a yell. 0800 That's our midday madness. Let's uh, burger it out. Let's have a burger joust off and see who's got the best ingredients. We'll be back after a break. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Oh, that was a bit of a shambles, wasn't it? Um, I thought we had an ad break to go, but we burned it with our uh, technological difficulties at the top of the hour. But we're back on track. Right, let us know what your crucial burger ingredients are. I am at Wahlburgers, at uh, New Wahlburgers. It is open now. It's Prince's Wharf in Auckland. If you're not 100% sure where Prince's Wharf in Auckland is, it's where the Hilton is and that whole complex. If you're leaving the viaduct and you start towards Prince's Wharf, it's on the... It's on the left right at the start, so it's not a big walk like I thought it was going to be. So um, let us know what your crucial uh, burger ingredients are on 0800 150 or text them through on double eight double three. Everyone that calls or texts will go into a draw to win one of two, <coughs> excuse me, one of two $100 Wahlburgers vouchers. And you could feed four comfortably looking at the menu. Uh, Mark's just sent through tomato. That's all it says, tomato. That's the crucial one. Let's go to the phones, though. Dean in Dunedin, a great man down in the south. What's your crucial burger ingredient, Dino? Oh, beetroot. has to be beetroot and onions. I'd have to have the two of them. Beetroot and onion. Yeah, beetroot, it can divide people. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, yeah. but some people just don't like it. It's a bit like pineapple on pizza, isn't it? Yeah, I don't really care what other people like, mate. I like what I like. I'm paying for it. I'll have beetroot, thanks. That's why Subway's so good. You can go, I have that, I have that, I have that. It's not a spastic food where you just get whatever you're given. You know, you can actually choose what you like. Yeah. And I reckon those burgers would be pretty damn good up there too. We got that, in Queenstown, we've got that Perg burger, you know. It's pretty hard to beat, so I'd say it's pretty similar. So good on them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, it's a really good, really good menu, actually. They've got a breakfast menu, starters, sides, heaps of burgers, salads, proper chips. And a full bar I'll as well, Dino. So you could park make, here for the day. Jealous, mate. What, are you, what are you having for lunch? Tell us, tell us the listeners what you're having for lunch. Well, I've got I a just, sandwich. No beetroot. I'm getting the Our Burger, and it's got uh, a beef patty, lettuce, tomato, onion, pickles, American cheese, uh, signature wall sauce, and you'll be pleased, Dino, I've added beetroot. And don't you love it, American cheese? What the hell's that? I don't know. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what American cheese is. And I've got, um, I've got uh, spicy cheese and bacon fries coming, which has got cheese sauce, pickled onions, bacon, and wall sauce. I don't know what this is going to be like, but I'm looking forward to it. You're gonna, you're gonna get, you're gonna be the president of the Fat Bastards Club, Steve. I mean, it sounds pretty damn good to me. Good on you. Relax, that cider. That's not bad. That's my, that's my Melbourne Cup champagne. That stuff looks exactly the same in a flute glass. Tastes twice as good. I love it. I love it. Good on you, Dino. Cheers, buddy. Have a good day. See you, buddy. Let's go to the life member, Zaid. G'day, Zaid. 
Uh, good afternoon. Um, do they do they have a chicken burger there? Oh, look, this is a great question. Let me have a look. Vegan Impossible, beef, 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 beef. Yes, they have Jen's Chicken Burger, which is a marinated chicken breast, crispy onions, caramelised onions, lettuce, holidays, oh, and house-made honey garlic mayo. And they've got a crumb chicken, bacon, lettuce, tomato one. They've got a fish one. They've got a couple of vegetarian ones. Yeah. You better bring your dad down, mate. I don't make it there today, but uh, I think that chicken bacon burger's got my name written all over it. Mate, Everywhere I, I go... Everywhere I go, um, my dad gives me a bit of crap for it. But if we, if we ever we're going, we're going out. It's always, oh, what do you want, date? It's a chicken burger. So, um, <laughs> that that's that's my uh, menu. We could be going anywhere, and um, it's it's uh, oh, what do you want? They've got fish and chips. Nah, it's a chicken burger. <laughs> always. Yep, crumb chicken, yep. bacon, lettuce, Chick- tomato, and sauce. That's you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and for me, a burger's always got to have barbecue sauce. Oh. Always. Barbecue yep. sauce is your ingredient, champions. Yeah, and bacon. Love a bit of bacon. Um, yes. If you want to get real fancy, you can add some pineapple. No, um, but, you no, know, um, <laughs> Yeah, a bit of a Hawaiian burger, you know? I know, but well, as Dean says, if you like it and you're paying for it, you can get pineapple. You won't find pineapple anywhere near me except for a pina colada. I've got a bit of a hack for you, though. If you... If you um, this is a if you don't want to make a home burger, but you want a nice burger to make at home, you get yep. the uh, Louisiana patties and chuck them in your burgers. There's <laughs> a burger hack from Zaid. <laughs> They're real good. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, I was actually gonna check War Burger out in Gold Coast because I saw it there, but we didn't check it out. But I'll definitely be checking the one out in uh, Auckland at some time. But yeah, yep. love a good burger. So um. Yep. Yeah. Come and try this place, mate. It's got you you and your dad written all over it, I reckon. And um, come on the Blues. Going to beat the Brumbies this Sunday. So looking forward to that. And I, I, I there's one thing quickly on the rugby. I heard that Highlanders team looks a bit different this weekend. No Whakatawa. Um, Freddie Burns is starting. So I heard they real changed it up. Yeah, I haven't caught up with that team, actually. But I, 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 was, I was hopeful Freddie Burns yeah. would be in it, there because I want to see how he goes. There's no... Um, no DeGroote as well, and there's no Shannon Frizzell. Oh, there are a couple of losses. So they could get they could get thumped by Crusaders team looking a bit hungry. Mm. Well, you listen after 1 o'clock. We'll be re- previewing the whole round with uh, TJ as we do on Thursday. So I'll ask him about the, okay. the Landers. Thank how you. And oh, one other thing. Uh, do they show UFC at um, uh, Wahlburgers or no? Mate, they have probably got... 20 big screens here, all on sport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basketball, that's tennis. There's just looking around. These, yeah. If you want to come down here with UFC, they'll they'll bang it on, mate. Don't worry about that. Because yeah. it's a it's a big fight this weekend. John Jones, the return of John Jones versus Cyril Garn. Yep. Two yep. big the, boys buffing it down on Sunday. The cheater versus the beater. Yeah. <laughs> Good Loves on a you, bit Zade. of cocaine as well. Oh, you, you can't say that on radio, Zade. Oh, sorry. <laughs> See you, mate. <laughs> There's Zaid. He's in the draw for one of the $100 Warburgers vouchers. Uh, Warburgers here on Princess Wharf in Auckland. Um, a whole raft of goodies is on here. Oh, I've just noticed the back of the menu. Milkshakes, desserts, adult shakes. Adult shakes have vodka in them. Now we're talking... A birthday cake milkshake has vanilla ice cream, vanilla vodka, 
chocolate liqueur, hundreds and thousands topped with whipped cream. <laughs> Have you in your life ever seen a milkshake like that, Manaya? No, Manaya's not talking to me. Um, Sorry, I couldn't hear you. What was that? These adult milkshakes. Yes, that has piqued my interest. What are we talking about? Uh, I'm, I'm the adult part. I actually think, yeah, the adult shake, um, vanilla ice cream, vanilla vodka, chocolate liqueur, hundreds and thousands mm -hmm. whipped cream. That's mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. Or you can go the vanilla ice cream, Jack Daniels oh. apple, uh, house apple syrup, oh. chocolate with whipped cream. Um, what's another good one that I like? S'mores. Vanilla ice cream, vanilla vodka, marshmallow syrup, biscuit crumble, chocolate marshmallow. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, wait. So we shouldn't expect to see you back in the office this afternoon then? Well, we've got, your leaving, you've got, we've got your leaving drinks. I'll see if I can smuggle about six adult thick shakes <laughs> out the door and into the over. Sounds afterwards. tremendous. Just while my mic's on, um, my key ingredient for a burger, pickles. Yes. Pickles? Yeah, or like gherkin, I guess. Yeah. Uh, either, either it is way. the same thing, eh, a pickle and a gherkin. A pickles, uh, a gherkin's just a pickled cucumber. So, yeah, pickle, gherkin. Um, and being an American franchise, I imagine they'll have them as well. It just adds a little bit of texture and a little bit of tanginess to cut through some of the fat and the patty there. Just my I'm looking cents. forward to, like, my burger's going to have American cheese, and I don't know what American cheese is, so I'm looking forward to finding out what American cheese tastes and looks like. Comes in the plastic, doesn't it? Isn't that American cheese? <laughs> in the um, spray in cans. In the spray can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got another call online. we got got uh, Brent from Brisbane. Remember, everyone that rings or texts in will go in the draw for a $100 Wahlburgers voucher. G'day, Brent. Hey, Staffy, how are you? Good, Brent. Hey, just couple of things. One, okay, burger. It's got to have crispy bacon and grilled pineapple. All right? Oh. Two must ingredients. Right. Okay. Yep. And just a quick one. Um, you know, rugby and professional, like 1995, right? It's a quick, funny thing I heard yesterday, right? Do you know in the 70s and the 80s, what's the, what was the difference between a rugby league player and a rugby union player? Um, money? No, rugby union players paid tax. Uh, rugby league players paid tax. Rugby league players played what? <laughs> no, rugby league players paid tax. Oh, paid tax. <laughs> okay. You like it? <laughs> I do like that. I do like that. That's nice. I was on the right track, though, wasn't I? You were, you were, you were. All right, mate. You have a good one. See ya. You too, buddy. There is Brett out of Brisbane. Oh, I was on the right track. Um, we are at Wahlburgers, Princess Wharf in Auckland. Um, it is here now. Auckland Burgers, Wahlburg style, open right now, and there are people coming in. There are people going out. Tony Kemp's even come in. Breakfast's Tony Kemp has just walked in. My, oh my. Did he know we were here today? I'll see if I can catch his eye. I might have a, might have a bit of a chinwag to him about um, the Warriors game tomorrow night, actually. If I can catch his eye, we'll try and catch up with him. Uh, still to come on the show today, if you have just joined us, welcome in. You are on Afternoons with Staffy in association with Goal. They fuel your mission all year round. They do. And I tell you what, Wahlburgers will fuel my belly all day. Um, still to come, Tony Johnson at 1 o'clock. We'll go through the Super Rugby round. Uh, we're going to catch up with Tom Walsh, shot putter. Uh, New Zealand track and field champs are on this weekend. Uh, so we will talk to him just after 2.05, thereabouts, and Els Visser.
This is the one I'm really looking forward to. I actually pre-recorded it this morning, so I can't pretend I don't know what she talks about. But her backstory, when I, her, her backstory came across our table, and um, yeah, she got, she was on a ship that sunk in the middle of the ocean in Indonesia, and it's a long, long story. Long story short, she swam for eight hours with a New Zealander to a deserted island, slept the night, no clothes, no food, no water, no nothing. Got rescued the next day, changed her life took up triathlon and she's down in New Zealand to take part in Ironman in Taupo this weekend and on the Monday she's going down to meet up with the woman she survived the shipwreck with on the deserted island who was a Kiwi. Uh, she's down in Nelson and she hasn't seen her since that day. So what an amazing, amazing story and um, Else Fisser, she is from the Netherlands, she's here for Ironman but really here to reconnect with the woman that um, went through hell together in the Indonesian open water sinking boat, swimming to a desert. Think about that. I just thought Tom Hanks and Wilson the volleyball but in real life. So that will be very interesting. I'm sure you'll find that interesting. We'll play that out uh, later on in the next hour, probably around um, half past one quarter to two, somewhere in that area. We also have the vault. We also have what's making news. We also have back in the day. Uh, we also have something else. Uh, what did we have? What's making news? Oh, what's back making news is here, back in the day. And our regular half-hour news sport and weather updates. And we're up to our first one now. So here's Johnny Mack, and we'll come back live from Warburgers after that. This one out to that special lady out there. Yo, she knows who she is. People. How do I want to let me count the yeah. ways? Now I'm here. Tell me all about it. Come on. <laughs> Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch coming to you from Wahlburgers. I am joined by our breakfast host and... I would suggest a hamburger aficionado. Is that why we see you here, Kempi? <laughs> as as no, I tell you what, it's a nice setting for lunch. If you ever want to come it? down to the viaduct and have lunch, hit Wahlberg's. And uh, I remember coming down here oh, 20 years ago when it was actually quite a good bar. Yeah. But uh, Mark and Paul have done a really good job here with Wahlberger. And yes, I have ordered. What did you order? I ordered Paul's, what's it called? The Our Burger? The Paul's... Chef's Paul's Choice. That's what I got as well. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I, I, I stayed away from Marky Mark's Vegan Burger. Yeah, yeah I know. I have enough of them. Just doesn't sound quite right, eh? Hey, while you're here and we're just waiting for our burgers, um, the Warriors, we've been talking about them constantly. It's all happening tomorrow night. And you don't get to call it, you, you idiot. You just booked a four-day sojourn offshore. But by the by, the momentum has really, really built. Playing in Wellington... Good? Yeah, it is. Well, like Wellington um, is a fantastic rugby league bed of talent. You know, you've got Nelson Asifa Solomona that's come out of here. You've had Morvan Edwards, Stephen Kearney, um, Adrian Shelford played through there with Sammy Stewart and myself. George so, Leipold. Georgie Leipold, and he's doing the commentary tomorrow night with Sammy Hewitt. He's is filling he? in for me. So um, gave Georgie a call today and asked him if he could fill in for me because I've organised a trip in between. Um, the start of the season, but uh, he's a really good sort of older brother for me when I first went down there as a 17-year-old, um, and he's a very good commentator too, so you're not going to miss out too much having Georgie, uh, probably a little bit, but not too much. 
What were the key things from the Warriors starting team and bench that maybe made you go, hmm, there's an interesting call from Weddy? Well, I think that a Sean Metcalf was, not Sean Metcalf, is that his? Young, the young boy Metcalf Luke that's Metcalf. come out, Luke Metcalf that's come over from uh, Cronulla was fit. I think there might have been a bit of a different mix in the halves. If you look at what Wayne Bennett's done up at the Dolphins and, and pushed Anthony Milford out and put Katoa in there, um, it's really important that you get your half mix right. And I think on Friday night, I think, I think Metcalf pulling his hamstring has actually laid the foundations for Sean Johnson especially to make that seven jersey as his, his own. Um, but I think in the, in the first six weeks, and that's apparently how long it's going to take Luke to get his hamstring right, Sean really needs to, to play that type of football that's going to cement him the spot, because if he doesn't, I can see Luke Metcalf getting that seven jersey. Could it be that push that Sean Johnson needed to go, geez, this guy's good, he's young, he's the future. If, if I, he's got a six-week, what would you call it, a six-week probation? To, yeah. to retain his jersey. Yeah, look, I, I look at it in my career. Like, when I was 31, my body just couldn't do the things that my mind wanted it to do. So I could see things on a football field, and I could go to those gaps, and it was just a step behind. And you're playing against kids these days. We're talking about it with basketball and LeBron James this morning, you know, at 30, 36, 38. Can he stay around? And when those scores are starting to hit 200 points a game, it's just getting faster and it's getting, uh, I guess, there's more tax on your body. And I think when you're looking at Sean Johnson, like I'm just, I love the way Sean played. You know, he was one of the greatest halfbacks we've ever had in New Zealand. But there comes a time when you just can't perform to, the, to that top performance that you always used to deliver. And I think at the moment, you're probably right. I think six, six weeks you got Luke Metcalf breathing down your neck. You know that the writing's on the wall if you don't perform. And I think Webby, I, I do get this feeling from Webby is why I like him. He's up front. He'll make the call. Do you think Sean Johnson hasn't adapted to that mind-body situation you were talking about you had? He talked that he was going to become a bit more of a, a provider, a distributor, a reader of play instead of the line breaker. Uh, I, I think a bit like we saw Darren Lockyer do towards the end of his career, Jonathan Thurston, they, they adapted to what their body could do. Has Sean taken some time to, to do that to himself? Yeah, and it's, been, it's a bit unfair on Sean too because he hasn't really had the stock around him that Lockyer and Thurston have had. You know, Joey Johns was exactly the same when he, when he had his neck problem and as you've seen the Newcastle team talent dive like Joey was just feeling it more and more and then all of a sudden he announced it's around six of the season that I'm over you know what I mean so I think um, the, the the stock for instance this year they've got a heap of new talent in there I like the the um, Nakori on the edge of the Barnett in the middle like like a Campo Luck I think Tamari Martin was always going to start at six with Clockstead at one. People are always saying, well, Tamari was going to play one, and we didn't know where Clockstead was going to start, but I always thought it was going to be like that. It's just that Sean really needs to own the football field. Like, people are talking about those trials. Where was our kicking game? Like, Sean needs to nail that. You know, he, that, that's how you make your game up for other areas that you can't actually, you know, break that line like you used to. Now, if he nails a kicking game and nails the management of a football team, mate, we'll be pick him every week. Mm. But you can't be hot and cold. No. 
You cannot when you're a senior player, you're a leader, you're looking to re-emerge this club onto the more wins than losses in a season. I think for me that that's a huge win this season, more, more wins than losses. Would that do it for you? Well, you know, it's not hard to make the, f the finals in rugby league. There's 16 teams, you're just going to be half, you've got to 50%, you know what I mean? So you're right, you've got to have more wins than losses and you get in the finals. Um, when I look at the, the schedule, when I look at the teams, uh, I think that the Warriors are in that 8th to 12 bracket and that's the toughest bracket to be in. So those, t those teams are hot and cold. They never get on a run, you know, so those top four teams will go on a run where they'll win four or five in a row. Uh, the Warriors, I can't see them doing that, but they can hang in there. And if they're fit, which I think Webby's got them, mate, then it's a, then it's a toss of the coin. Mm. Smoky for the season. Before a game's played, I'm going to ask you for your smoky for the season that not many people are talking about. Uh, look, I th like there's a little kid playing for Melbourne. He's a local, local product that's come through. And you've got to, you've got to imagine, Steffi, in AFL, um, country, you've got a little rugby league competition going, and, and they fly up this kid, and he's got a legend's name, Fire Logo. Um, so he, he must be related to Dave. Um, and I've watched him play in the trials, and I've just gone, whoa, you know what I mean? Like this kid's this kid's got a big future. So uh, I won't pronounce his first name because it's not in front of me, but his surname's Falago. I think he's a smoky uh, this year. I think team-wise, I think Manly is a smoky. I think if Tom Trebojevic we saying that he's 110%, I don't believe it. I always think he's just short twitch fibers. He's an he's an absolute thoroughbred. He's going to break down. Um, but if he can stay on the football football field, I think Manly's a smoky. Last thing, Kempi, your number one ingredient that goes in your burgers when you're cooking it on your barbie and you got a few mates around. You go, here you go, boys. Here's my burger and there's my my number one ingredient. Well, I think the the important thing about cooking a really good burger is getting your plate and the heat right because oh. I've I've seen blokes murder burgers that's why they're called murder burger <laughs> you know what I mean they put them on it's too hot it's black and charcoal on the outside and red on the inside so I think the first thing is getting the, the heat right and the second thing is always have onions in your burger that was Smithy's one, onions as Always well. have onions. There we go, onions for Kibi. We're getting a whole, heat. onions, onions, onions. Comes in from Andy. <laughs> there we go. Good man, Andy. Uh, text through your crucial must-have burger ingredients. Two $100 Wahlburgers vouchers to two callers or texters, and we'll do that straight after one. Get them in now. We'll be back after a break. Uh, welcome back in. We are live from Wahlburgers down on Princess Warfer. Big bunch of people are here having lunch, and I can see cocktails being imbibed and a few beers, but the burgers look amazing. Uh, 0800 any time or double eight double three. the Temper Beer Post text. I'm sure we go to Melbourne. We talk to Darren. G'day, Darren. Hey, Steffi. How are you? Good, thanks, Darren. Uh, first of all, burgers. Um, you've got to have the fat to beef ratio right. <laughs> uh, you don't want it too lean, and you don't want it too fatty. That's, that's, that's number one. It's, and, uh, technical, yeah, it's technical, yeah. but it's crucial. It is very crucial because otherwise it's dry or otherwise it's a bit of a soup <laughs> if, you get, <laughs> if you get that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why, and, and it's got to be seasoned well. Yeah, besides, I mean, always onions. So the key for us, though, is you've got to have the cheese on top of the burger melting over the burger. That's just, While the burger's finishing off um, cooking. I agree. Yeah. Poetry in motion watching that. That's all I'll say. While, while yeah. beer in hand, that's for sure. 
Um, and while I've got your stuff here, I won't be able to ring you tomorrow because I'm going to a breakfast with Sir Michael Jones. Oh, sorry about that. And uh, and then and then Super Rugby in Melbourne. So uh, oh, it's, it's you're going to fill day. your boots. I'm going to see the Canes tomorrow night. So yeah, can't wait. I'm I'm I'm, I'm debuting a mate of mine. He's never been to a rugby game before. He's mad AFL, or he was mad AFL. Now he loves rugby. Beautiful. So um, yeah, it's it's a big day. So. Do Starting ring me on Monday and tell, t- tell me about the spectator experience, if you wouldn't mind, on Monday. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I'll be interested. Yeah, I, I can't wait. And I get to see the Crusaders versus the uh, Highlanders, which you did say to me, are the, um, is that a warm-up? Is that like a prequel game? And I said, I don't think the Crusaders' six-time champions have ever been called a prequel <laughs> game <laughs> to anything before. <laughs> That's fair. So, uh, Good yeah, stuff, there. So I dare so I'll be I'll be talking. But anyway, enjoy the burgers, mate. Cheers, buddy. I will. Thank you. Darren out of Melbourne. Great caller. Here's some of the texts we've had about your ingredients. We need to get through some of these. Slap a wee dollop of beer you're drinking amongst the patties. I always mix the sauces up too. Mix the mayo with some sweet chilli or mustard. Maybe mix the aioli with the barbecue sauce. Crucial ingredient is melted cheese. Coming to the big smoke for a week in the end of March, Warburgers voucher would be unreal. Brad, look. Huge text message, a lot of detail and a little bit of begging at the end. Never goes astray. Never <laughs> goes astray. Uh, more of them. Cheese, cheese and more cheese for Ian. Uh, Staffy, it's aroha, the secret ingredient and beer. Yes, cook with love, eat with love and swash it down with some beer. Ed, I'm with you there, buddy. Onions, onions, onions. Can't beat chipotle sauce either. Uh, Andy, on the sunny North Shore. Good on you, Andy. They've got a, what's their sauce called? They've got a, you know, good places have their own sauce. The one's just called, uh, it's called, um, why can't I find, mine's just been delivered. Mine's just been delivered. Oh my God, it looks good. Um, They have Wall's sauce, W-A-L's sauce. Um, Andy in the North Shore, you're in the draw, as is everyone that sends in a text message. Onions, 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 can't be... Oh, I've read that one. Staffy, bacon and egg burgers are the bomb. Throw one of those Angel Bay patties in there. Pineapple belongs in desserts, not burgers. Dave from Nelson, you're going straight to the top. I'm not saying you've won, but I'm with you, but it's a personal thing. Hey, Staff, beetroot is a must for me. We're in Auckland, June, and Warburgers is now number one on the to-do list. But should the draw go my way, good friends, flood victims up there will get a bit of respite at... Warburgers, good on you, PJ. We've got some very nice, nice people involved on SNZ. Um, staff, it's got to be avocado and bacon. I wonder why there's no TRB market for the Golf Open. Cheers, Mark. There is. They're probably just not doing live betting on it because um, you'll get people, I'll tell you this, you'll get people out on the, I don't know, pick a hole, seventh hole, and they're watching someone and they get an eagle. The TRB won't know and they're betting them at $20, their true price is 10 um, So I would say while it's in play, there won't be live betting. I'm just going to see if I'm in fact right. I'm just scrolling. Uh, New Zealand Open, I don't think will be there, no. So while they're playing live, I don't think there will be live betting. Mark and Christchurch, uh, American cheese staffy probably comes in a squirty bottle and got to have got to have egg, tomatoes and beetroot. Enjoy your lunch. Cheers from John. Tell you what I'm going to do. You're going to take our last ad break because I want to report back on this um, Our Burger and their chips look amazing. 
And there's a little dipping sauce there. The patty looks good. The pickles are big. Onion rings, tomato, lettuce. There's my American cheese. Bit of aioli. Toothpick on the top. Happy days. We'll take a break. I'll come back and I'll give you my report card on Wahlburgers, our burger. I can confirm the Paul's Choice burger is off the hook. It's not too big. It's certainly not small. The big things for me, the bread isn't too bready. It's not too thick. It's quite... Um, um, fluffy, light? Uh, no, lo- not not fluffy. It's and it's not dense. It's 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 not the champion of the burger, the bun. The champion is the ingredients in the middle. That's what I'm trying to say. How's the uh, fat ratio in the patty? Perfect. The patty was the highlight actually, and the and this walls sauce is amazing, and it goes good with the chips as well. Um, Staffy. You've got to have free-range eggs in it, onions, tomatoes, beetroot, metal cheese, and a handful of Manawatu green spinach <laughs> and your favourite sauces and a cold beer. Cheers, I'm hungry now. That's from Carrie. Um, someone's asked if you have to uh, book a table before big sports events. I'm getting um, the Concrete Cowboy to find out for us if you actually do need to book or not, so I'll get back to you. Uh, unknown texter said, uh, my burgers, I'd go for the Henry Nichols special, just the buns and a squirt of steady sauce. <laughs> burgers like everything are better with bacon. Beef and bacon or chicken and bacon with the right cheese, greeny. Tell you, I was looking forward to the American cheese. It was there, but it was just like the cheese in the burger was a... Um, the cheese in the burger was a bit like a comfortable flatmate. Didn't dominate the conversation. It was just there and was good company. Chimed in when it needed to. Uh, someone asked about bookings. They will take bookings, but only for groups of eight or more. There you go. And that's fair enough. There's probably there's probably about three tables not sat at at the moment. Very popular place for lunch. Uh, we are live from Wahlburgers. Excuse me, just a little um, appreciation ear pocket off the burger I've just consumed. Uh, We'll come back after the news. We'll have Tony Johnson, but Johnny Mack with New Sport and Weather. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. that song but it is Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch of course after Mark Wahlberg and we are here at Wahlbergers live on Princess Wharf in beautiful sunny Auckland overlooking the harbour which is just a magnificent sight after probably about eight weeks of horrific sights in, in Auckland and rest assured people we are still thinking of you in all of those weather affected areas we know the clean up is going to be long 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 for all of you and uh, our thoughts are still with all of you now, my little machine's just decided to uh, collapse, so I don't know if our next guest is online, is he, Manaya? I hope he is. Let's try it. Let's try it, Super Rugby time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, this is, the, this is the beauty of doing a broadcast from outside the studio. Things are a little bit dusty, but uh, Tony Johnson joins us, TJ. 
Super Rugby Melbourne, first of all, welcome in. And do you like the concept of all teams in one city as a starting point? Well, I think it was worth having another go, Staffy. Last year, it was a little bit disappointing and they just didn't get the crowds. And I wonder about Melbourne being the choice of venue because there's just so much going on there. And again, this weekend, uh, you know, all sorts of other sporting activity, a couple of big concerts. And I just wonder whether or not uh, there might be other places where they might be able to, you know, get a better... Um, you know, crowds over the weekend. Uh, I think last year there was a, uh, a, a huge big uh, AFL game on, um, which I think took a lot of attention away. But I, I, I do like the idea. It was certainly fun to be part of, and it was worth another crack. And the thing is, too, is that financially they've made it very viable, uh, very easy for the New Zealand teams to, um, in some cases, give up a home game because you, you don't have to worry. Yes, you got uh, a few costs involved with it, but... Uh, they they make money out of it. So from that point of view, sound financially for the participating teams. I just you know hopefully they'll they'll get some bigger uh, bigger crowd this year than they got last year. Yeah, I really do hope so. I I do agree with you. I think that it's the um, tourism uh, agency that has the biggest checkbook that seems to land these things, and they don't they don't really go where they think the population will will embrace it. But let's hope the crowds do turn up. Uh, Crusaders Highlanders traditionally is a good uh, southern derby, but as a contest, I don't know that we're going to be on the edge of our seat for too long, TJ. Well, after getting pummeled last week by the Blues, I suppose the worst possible opponent for uh, the Highlanders would have to be the Crusaders, wouldn't it? Because they were beaten, and they were well beaten. I think just I've been looking at some of the stats from that game last week. Yeah, 31-10 at home against the Chiefs. That's a fairly sizable defeat. And just a few alarming sort of stats there. I think you know the, the Chiefs they beat the, the defence 50 times. 50 defenders beaten. Uh, that's 50 missed tackles uh, by the Crusaders for a start. Uh, 14 clean breaks to one. So. I'd say, you know, combination of Chiefs, uh, very effective with their ball carrying. Once they got a roll going, Crusaders' defence, um, you know, they, they, they found some holes in it. Uh, so I, I, I imagine that they'll be uh, keen to bounce back from that. And so that, that's going to make it difficult um, for the Highlanders for sure. Yeah, well, uh, the Rebels, the host team, um, I don't know whether they're allowed to pick their opponent. I wouldn't pick the Hurricanes. Uh, second game in Australia. And I thought... Uh, and I know I'm a, I would do wear a Hurricanes hat, but I still thought their performance was admirable up in Townsville, searing heat, sweaty, uh, humid, the whole lot, a, a home team against them. While not perfect, I thought it was a pretty good first-up hit-out for the Hurricanes. I thought it was an excellent first-up performance. I mean, you, you know, you go to Australia uh, to take on the Reds in your first game and you, you run up 47 points, you'd take that any time, wouldn't you? Um, I think what impressed me is I think the coach got his tactics right. Uh, the, the idea of changing out his front row completely at half-time, and I think this is one of the areas where the New Zealand teams have got it over the Australians and the other teams in the competition, is strength and depth. And, I mean, the, the Chiefs have got phenomenal depth. The Blues have got phenomenal depth. We know all about the Crusaders, but here was the, the Hurricanes showing some depth when you can bring on Lomax uh, and Almoor at half-time, a couple of All Blacks. Um, I think Mafalil was the other one, wasn't he? Uh, they come onto the game and, and, and after 40 minutes, um, it, and I think that was a smart move. I'll I, move it to me. I had, a really, I had to pick the, the um, breakdown uh, team of the week, and I, I had uh, Samasoni Kalkiaho 
pretty much penned in, and then right at the last minute, I thought, you know what, Asapo Almore changed that game when he came mm. on, and I ended up giving it to him, which was a bit controversial, but I, I thought he was outstanding just with his you know, dynamic carrying of the ball. But also, at Lomax, you know, we, we've seen this guy just develop into a, a top-flight uh, tight head crop, and, uh, I, you know, that that was, to me, that was one of the keys to the game. They just couldn't match them um, up front in terms of, you know, the just the, the presence and also the ball carrying. So, oh, look, I think they'd, they'd have to be really happy with that. And, and I would say off the back of that, uh, pretty good chance to beat uh, the, the Rebels this week. Yep, and I think the Chiefs were so, so impressive last week. Gosh, I couldn't believe I was watching a first-round match. Um, I was incredibly impressed with them across the park, TJ. Uh, the big question mark was going to be Damien McKenzie. I've taken a long time for me to be convinced he's a 10. He pretty much convinced me last week. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't uh, start brilliantly. Uh, you know, he, he, a couple of kicks, I think, didn't fly off the boot all that well early on. But as the game wore on, started to break up. I mean, he, he was in the ascendancy. And, of course, Richie Moonga playing behind a pack that was on, you know, to a degree, on the back foot uh, for a fair bit of the game, just didn't get that same leeway. And so he was able to cut his capers. But... Uh, Really good supporting cast. I think they got great value out of their big-name players. And up front, it was just so good to see Brody Retallick back, at, you know, looking like his absolute best. Um, I mentioned Tokiaho as well. Um, and, and I thought Sam Kane had a really rock-solid game as well. And, and they kind of set things uh, up. And then you just, you've got, in that back line, you've got the combination of the sort of mercurial brilliance and Stevenson just doing some remarkable things but also solid as well, Nankerville. Uh, that, that was a really good performance. Of course, they come up against a Moana Pacifica team that'll be gutted, having led until about the, what, 78th, 79th minute of the game last week, only to lose to the Fijian Drua. That, that, that'll be hard for them to park that, come back and take on what looks like a pretty strong Chiefs team, although I think the Chiefs are making changes, aren't they, for that game? Yes. Um, I haven't seen the team yet, but that is my understanding. Just... On the Moana Fiji and Drua game last week, from what you saw, and I'm still happy to take a watching brief. Are you happy with what you've seen from them, given that they've, you know, they're newish to the competition and they went up against each other? What did you think about their performances, given that they are quite new? Well, the game was everything that you'd hoped it would be. Uh, you know, there were quite a few turnovers and mistakes here and there, but. Some of the rugby was absolutely terrific, um, you know, and the Fijian Brewer did really well because they got off to a, or Wana Pacifica got off to a really great start, but they just hung in there, and there's, there's, there's a lot of brilliance in that team. Uh, you know, the, the, the benchmark we know is when they'll play uh, stronger teams. Uh, the Drua played the Waratahs this week. I, I wouldn't, you know... I'll, I'll, I wouldn't rule them out of winning that game. Um, I'm not sure how, how good the Waratahs are going to be again this year. Uh, Moana, different story up against the Chiefs. But look, the, the thing is, they're still very early on in their in their journey, aren't they? Um, Moana Pacifica had such a horrendous start last year when they got the COVID. I think they weren't even able to take part in the uh, Super Weekend last year. So it, it, that's um, it's an ongoing story for them. I, I still hope that uh, as, as well as picking up talent uh, locally from around New Zealand, from around the, the, the islands, that these guys in time will be strong enough and develop, you know, get the budgets that will enable them to bring some really good players back from overseas. That's what I'd really love to see from those teams. But just in terms of the sheer uh, entertainment and that uh, 
Pacifica uh, style of rugby that they bought last year. It, it, I thought it was not just the game. I mean, the whole, um, you know, some of the things they put on there for the fans, the singing, the dancing, just the atmosphere. It wasn't a huge crowd, but boy, it was a noisy one. I, I thought it was a, a, just a, a really great afternoon at the footy. Yeah, I did too, and um, I thought it was brilliant. Um, Sunday, we see the Blues against, might be too soon to say the Brumbies are the best team in Australia, but they, they, they probably will end the season as the best. Have they got enough to trouble the Blues? I, I, look, I, I'd say that right from the off, that they are going to be Australia's top hope, the Brumbies. Uh, you know, they're the one side in Australia that have got a pretty good bench. And we saw it last week where they were able, uh, they, you know, they only beat the Waratahs by, what, six points. Um, so, it, you know, that, that wasn't a commanding um, victory. But uh, to me, one of the, the keys to it was just who they were able to bring off the beat. You know, the likes of Nick White and uh, Darcy Swain, players like that. So they, they have got a bit of um, depth up their sleeve. And look, this is a really important one for Australia. They, they don't want to start... You know, the worst thing that could happen for the Australian point of view is for them to, you know, suffer a, 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 a bunch of losses early on to the New Zealand teams and, and the old here we go again sort of thing. Um, so there's, there's a lot riding on their shoulders, but, man, the Blues were so good last week against the Highlanders. They just looked so strong right across the park. They looked like a team on a mission. If they, if they can keep their troops you know, fighting fit, then they're going to be hard for anyone to beat, and, and that includes the Brumbies. Um, and the Brumbies might try and slow it down a little bit, which is a lot harder to do now that we've got these new conditions in terms of speed to the break, uh, speed to the lineouts and the scrums and what have you. I think the Blues get a roll going. I, I, I just can't see them losing. Yeah, that's very, very deep side. I'm not going to. I'm not intentionally snubbing the Force and Reds. Uh, TJ, but I did want to ask you about Super Rugby Opiki. Um, fantastic news that uh, Matatu picked up their first win in the competition. Uh, had Grace Brooker on the show yesterday, absolutely delighted with it. But she, along with me, disappointed that after winning the Rugby World Cup that captured New Zealand's minds and hearts, they've got a four-week competition. Uh, three rounds, then a final, then it's done. It, um, I hope that changes soon because it was pretty good footy on display again in the weekend. Yeah, it, it still looks a little bit like, um, you know, this is the least we can do, um, and that's yeah. all we're going to do, isn't it, uh, with, with just a four-week competition. To me, you know, if they're really serious about cashing in on the wonderful success of last year, they should at least be home and away. Yeah. But to me, you know, I, I think where they've missed the boat is that they've got a pretty good competition going in Australia as well. Why, why aren't we combining them? Why aren't we making a women's? Super Rugby Pacific competition because I think Fiji could probably put a pretty good team in as well, and that's that's what really bugs me that you know that there was a great opportunity there to bring an international element into it. What we're seeing is great, and look the crowd. Uh, you know, I saw the um, uh, the uh, the game in uh, the Hurricanes game. I mean, they got a really good turnout for that, um, but. Uh, you know, to me, you added an international flavour to it and it just takes it to another level and I'm disappointed that they haven't done that. Yeah, and Grace pointed out yesterday, um, you know, we will start losing players to Super Rugby in Australia, to NRLW and even to Premiership Rugby in the UK. We're going to be losing some uh, in, the, in the short term. Last thing, TJ, the Ian Foster saga, um, it hasn't been resolved. It's probably going to carry on for a long time. 
It look, almost looks like a fait accompli that Scott Robertson's going to get named in April. Ian Foster's not happy about it. He's not going to reapply. It's been a bit of a shambles. Well, if it is a fait accompli, then, then, then it shouldn't be um, because there are other strong candidates for this. And if, and if, and if that's what this is all about, uh, then I, I, to me that would be pretty disappointing. I, I, what I want to know is, and we talk like this vague sort of notion of four to six weeks, as, as I've said, um, and, and again, I just want to repeat because I mean I saw someone had a bit of a go in the, one of the papers the other day and, and talking about um, Foster Files, you know, sticking up for him or whatever. I made my comments last week. I said I made the point that it, I, I wasn't saying it, that, that I felt that. Ian Foster is or ever was the best man for the job. What I'm saying is that because he's the incumbent coach, he doesn't deserve to have all this palaver going on. And it almost sort of has a look at that he's almost been hounded into saying that he's not going to uh, apply for the job uh, next year. But but to me, uh, this is not a one-horse race. Um, Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown have got strong credentials for this job. Um, uh, you know, you could argue that um, the process um, last time was a matter of rubber stamping the the recommendation of a, a, a previous coach. And what I want to know is how broadly are they going to canvas the candidates? Mm. Um, is there, uh, you know, um, an expert expectation um, that the board uh, are going to make this decision? And is there the expertise on the board that to make this really important decision? Or are they going to rely on the, uh, I guess, the recommendations of, former coaches, and I think they have to be really, really careful how they go about that. Uh, there, there's a lot that we need to know. Uh, to, to me, this whole thing has, has, has been sham, a shambolic. It's been messy, and, and it's been unpleasant, and I don't think it's done anything uh, from in terms of how it might be impacting on the coach to help New Zealand's job um, of, of, of trying to win the World Cup this year. Mm, yeah, I, I hope they take some lessons from what I was going to say what they've done from what they haven't done, really. Do, do you feel like that's a possibility? Sorry, I missed that, Staffy. Just the lack of communication and the smoke and mirrors that's been going on for months and months and months. They haven't they haven't made clear decisions and haven't shared with the stakeholders what's actually going on. Everyone's been left in the dark. Do you think they'll learn lessons from this and improve in the future? Well, I hope so. And the first thing I'd like to... To, to see is that you know this really is a transparent process and this just isn't about channeling one person into the job I'm not saying he wouldn't be a good all-black coach not at all um, mm. but but this has to be an open process in which they you know put the feelers out to get as you know who, whoever many candidates into the job it's not just about channeling one person in and and as I say that's where we need some clear communication and it's we, we haven't really had that at any stage throughout this whole process. I mean, the whole business last year where it looked like he was about to be fired and then he wasn't about to be fired, they made one good decision, and that was when they changed the coaching staff. That was a really good piece of work. Uh, and, and I think, you know, they got real benefits out of that. But, uh, you know, as I say, it's just it's, it's been messy and it really isn't something that, need, in my opinion, needed to be going on. Um, and, and particularly, you know, ahead of the World Cup. Perfect, TJ. You enjoy this uh, weekend's rugby. I, I'm, I yeah. welcomed it back with open arms, and I wasn't disappointed. I love the rule changes, well, the modifications and the clock and the, the speeding up of the game. I'm reinvigorated for the 15-man game. Good man. Okay, Steph. Cheers, TJ. There he is, the great man, TJ. Tony Johnson from Sky Sport. We'll take a break. We'll be back after that.
Uh, text message, got a great one from Jake in Melbourne. I'm changing to listen to something else. Thought this was a sports show. I couldn't give a flying toss about an American burger joint. Isn't the NRL starting tonight in the Magic Round Super Rugby in Melbourne tomorrow? I wouldn't know because this sports show, because it's all rubbish takeaways. Goodbye from Jake in Melbourne. Oh, he's probably not listening. Love the text, thanks, Jake. You're in the draw for a $100 uh, all burgers voucher. Uh, I don't think it's rubbish. We have had 57 texts about burger ingredients. Do you need to book a table before the break is reached? They do take bookings, but only eight or more people. There we go. Avocado, onion, egg from Cam. Damn, I'm hungry. I've got to bring my lunch to work. Those burgers sound bloody delicious. For me, can't beat an egg on a burger. Can't wait till they come here to Queenstown. Enjoy your cider and feed Staffy Brendan. They are going to Queenstown and to, um, oh, what's it called? Bay Plaza in Tauranga. I think that's next. Don't know if I'm allowed to tell you that, but I just did. Uh, bun on the grill to toast it, then keep it simple and fresh with the fillings, including a thin slice of red onion. That's from our resident chef, Kimberly. Nick says an egg. Uh, Chris says it's as simple as steak, double bacon, triple tomato from Chris. People love their tomato. Mike from Turangi, cheese and tomato. Someone else pickles. Someone else beetroot. Uh, Staffy, red onion and mushroom and all the usual stuff. Are they playing the Blues and Brumbies Sunday afternoon, I guess? You mean down here? I would, I would say so. There's so many screens here. And if you walked in and said... I'll eat your burgers and, and your loaded fries and your adult shakes if um, I can watch the Blues against the Brumbies on Sunday. I'm sure they'll do that for you, uh, Kenny. Um, <clears throat> can't call in today as my mouth is full of drool, you lucky buggers. Chipotle May is my favourite. <laughs> Mikey in Christchurch. <laughs> I'm not doing it to be mean. But I just like to share my, share my joy and share my sorrow. Today it's joy. Staff, the crucial ingredients in a burger are meat. None of this plant-based crap. Real meat, please. And I'm a smithy. Onions too. Cheers, Craig, in the bay. Uh, hey, lads, it depends on the burger, but often in the right season, parma or white bait patties go in. Basically making them a glorified semi. Lettuce, tomato, beetroot, all that stuff. And if not in the right season, whack in some blue cod or crayfish. Chris, you are singing my song. Staff, are you doing Super Rugby and NRL picks this week? Yeah, um, I will be doing them tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. I will be, Craig. I was a bit reluctant to last week, week one, but I'll do them tomorrow. Uh, my special ingredient when making my beef patties, Dijon mustard and MSG. <laughs> Dead. The beloved MSG. My goodness. Beetroot has no place in a burger whatsoever. It's like a murder scene in a burger, and I can't get enough cheese. Mark from Lower Hutt. That's fantastic. Uh, beetroot, egg, caramelized onions, and Best Foods Mayo, Staffy. Steve from Auckland. Best Foods Mayo. Not a lot of taste, but a lot of popularity. Onions and bacon for Chris. Dijon mustard and run Onions? Pickled onions and egg for Brett? Now, here we go. American cheese is sort of orange, I think. You can't buy it here. Americans can get it in a can. Um, Staff, you've got to have gherkin, but absolutely no lettuce. No rabbit food in a burger, but gherkins survive. <laughs> Brian says, Staffinator, you mean bugger. I haven't had my lunch yet, and now I'm drooling like an idiot. Must-have ingredient for me is hot English mustard with aioli or mayo. Yummo. I bought a small share in a horse in the Forsman stable, hoping to be up Auckland in the, in the near future to watch it. So a voucher would be ripper. 
We'll do our best. I'm not going to draw them yet because I haven't got through them all. Staffy, I lived in the States for a bit. American cheese is like a yellow cheddar. The other option is usually Swiss cheese, white with holes in it. Thinking of everyone at home doing it hard after the cycling. Kia kaha. Merkin from Sydney. You're a great man, Merkin from Sydney. McClure's Spicy Pickles. We've even got a brand name there from Brett. Staffy, Pocono bacon. Streaky bacon is a must. Can't disagree. Pocono bacon. Afternoon staff, wild pork bacon with my wife's homemade chutney and an egg or wild duck with gravy. Graham, my word, exotic. Make your own patties with good quality beef. Not too much herbs and flavourings to get the flavour coming through of the glorious meat from Richard. Burger Essentials New Zealand, these are. Boys, in your burger, if chicken, you've got to have bacon and lots of avocado mush in it. Uh, apricot sauce is awesome. And if it's beef, you can't go past beetroot and an egg, cheese, classic kiwi burger. The classic kiwi burger seems to be coming through here. Pineapple is a must, Grant. That's not going to win you many votes. Might win your voucher. Dice, I like this one. I'm actually going to do this one. Dice up some pickle and add it to mayonnaise and then pour a bit of the pickle juice into the mayonnaise to make the best burger sauce. Wowee. Wowee. Couple more. Just beef patties, no buns. <laughs> Darren. We'll have to check Burger Joint out when I come to Auckland for the Roosters Warriors, April 30, Mark. You're all in the draw. We'll draw it very, very shortly, actually. We'll draw it very, very shortly. Double eight, double three, last chance to get in the draw for two $100 Warburgers vouchers. We'll take new sport and weather. We'll come back after that. Welcome back into Afternoons with Staffy in association with Gull. They fuel your mission all year round. And I'm at Wahlburgers. It is new. It is here. It is Auckland Burgers, Wahlburg style. They are open now at Princess Wharf. And there's plenty of people around, but there's still room for more. It's a beautiful layout here. Sport on all of the TVs. A beautiful bar. Great staff, all got a smile and a skip in their step. I even just got a wink from the barman. Look at that, he just said good day to me, you know. They're just happy down here, and they'd love to see you and your family. It's family friendly, it's friend, fa uh, friend friendly. Does that make sense? Quick update on the New Zealand Open leaderboard. Um, we do have one, two, three, four, five. Five on six under, my goodness. Four in the clubhouse are uh, Yasuki Asaji, uh, Gun Sharanoko. Japanese and a Thai golfer, Stephen Elka, clubhouse leader at six under as well. Todd Power Horan is at six under as well. So they are all in the house. There's a swag of golfers at five under. If you want to know how anyone's going, you're out at work and you can't get to a leaderboard, text me through. I'll let you know how they're going on double eight, double three. And um, Dan Hillier, four under through 18. So if there's any golfer in particular you want to know about, text it through to me. I've got the leaderboard here and I will let you know. Um, do we play his music? I think we probably do. There he is. Ah, oh, that's it. Paulie Mowati, TAB. Paulie, I'm at Wahlburgers um, Restaurant on the Princess oh, Wharf fuck. in Auckland. And I walked in and I went, oh. I should come in here with Ian Stockley-Smith and Paul Mawari and have an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a trifecta? 
mate, we would go good here. We would go. What's your, what's, your, what's, your, what's your must-have burger ingredient, Paulie? Uh, yeah, outside of the meat patty. Yeah, outside of the meat patty. That's a given. Do you have a special uh, sauce or a, or a must-have ingredient? Yes, yes like, a, like a barbecue sauce. Okay. Barbecue yeah. sauce on your yeah. burger. All right. Barbecue yeah. sauce me the New Zealand Open. You're not betting live because we can't watch it and watch people getting eagles when people on the side of the fairway can just take a cheeky bet. Um, you generally have that open not long after they're finished though, right? It will be open in between rounds. So, yeah, once the okay. first round is finished, give the boys a, you know, we've got a time to just digest what's happened. Uh, but remember, we were hanging Stephen Elka out there at, what was it, $19 yesterday? Uh, and I can see he's in a time for fear. I know it's a very congested leaderboard at the moment, but there he is in the lead, in the clubhouse, a six under 65, which is exactly what we thought he would do with this course. So those who did t- take the $19 on Stephen Elkett, you'd be very, very happy. And I, I'm just ha- looking a, a wee bit further down the leaderboard, one Daniel Hillier, uh, who I think we mentioned as well. He's only two shots back at four under. So, and he was paying, what was he? Was he around 20s or 30s? Um, so, yeah, Stephen Elka, who I'm, I'm pretty sure you mentioned yesterday bef- uh, before the, we... Remember, uh, the, remember the greenkeeper said he'd set it up to suit a player like Stephen Elka. Like Elka. That's exactly right. So I hope you listened to Staffy yesterday and you jumped <laughs> on because I can see there were a few that did jump on. Yes, um, I'm just I'm looking at the leaderboard for our good mate Israel Dag, and I'm going quite a long way down now <laughs> in the amateur leaderboard. I'm going to have to do a control F and put Dag. They are, oh no, look, they're five under through eleven. How can that be right? Oh. Five under. Oh, he's tied forty fourth at five under. Jeepers. So the amateur, oh, that's the pro and the amateur score oh. added together. That's what it is. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. The leaders there are at 11 under currently. Um, and that includes Stephen Elka and Mr. Whipfler, who shot an 11 under 60. Wow. Well, didn't he invent um, little trucks that sold ice cream to kids at fairs? Is that what he did? Mr. Whippy. Oh, Yes, over, indeed. Over, over both our <laughs> yeah, heads. Yeah. Let's talk something serious. <laughs> serious stuff tonight. All right. um, NRL starts tonight, of course. Uh, it's a good game to kick off the season. It certainly is. Um, look, there's been quite a bit of movement in the off-season with a number of teams. Of course, the Melbourne Storm, who um, have got a new-look um, forward pack with uh, the Bromwich brothers gone, uh, Brandon Smith. Uh, at the Roosters now, um, but they're still favourites with us, uh, with with us. They have drifted slightly since this morning, though. They were around a dollar seventy. They're now out to a dollar seventy-six. Parramatta Eels have come into two dollars and two cents. The betting was fairly even, weighted slightly towards the Melbourne Storm uh, in that head-to-head market. But in the last couple of hours, I'm just looking at the. Uh, the market now, and we've taken a wee bit of money on the eels in that last couple of hours. So the move is for the eels uh, recently. So now into two and two dollars and two in the head-to-head market. Melbourne Storm a dollar seventy-six. Don't forget, there's that boosted uh, market as well. Mike Acevo, who loves loves playing 
at uh, Combank Stadium. Or Xavier Coates to be the first try uh, try scorer. That's been boosted from four fifty out to five dollars. Has proven very very popular with punters, and there are a number of power plays for you to get stuck into. I know you love your power plays, Steph, oh, and you so always start at the other end of the market and work yeah. your way back. Um, so I'm very very keen to hear your thoughts on what power play looks like a wee bit of value for punters. For, well, I'm going to go straight to the Warriors game. Because I'm a little bit more, oh yes, I'm a little bit more familiar with them. So the first one is thirty-one dollars. Heimel Hunt first try score. Brad Best no, twenty dollars. Montoya first. No, see, I, I eliminate anything first. Okay, I eliminate anything first. Yep. Frizzell any time Newcastle win one. No, well Newcastle aren't winning. Warriors. There it is, $12. Charles Nickel Clockstead first, second, or third try score. Warriors win one to twelve. Twelve dollars. Lock it in now. It pays out. <laughs> I knew we'd get something from you, Steph. You know, I don't mind the way you're thinking there. Uh, I mean, Nickel Klockstad, he was very, very good at the Raiders for a number of years and just had a few injuries over the, uh, what, last season. But boy, oh boy, uh, from all reports, he's looked very, very good in preseason with the Warriors. So you're getting one, two, and three goes with him to be the first, second, or third try scorer. And then the Warriors to win one to 12. Paying $12, I, I expect a flood of money coming in any moment now. Imagine, imagine this. Nickel Clockster gets one of the first three tries and and the third umpire or the VAR or whatever they call it, the TMO, he rules it out, but it the clearly, wa- clearly <laughs> was. And then he scores the fourth try. That, that's my luck. <laughs> I, I can't see that happening, Steph. That's surely not down here in Wellington. No oh. way. They wouldn't do that to you. Um, I've just had a question from Carrie who said, can you please ask Paul if he knows when the odds are going up for, hmm, is that North Island Superstock Champs Speedway? Do you know off the top of your head? Oh, uh, off the top of my head, I do not know. <laughs> but I can find out from the, I can flick a little message through to the sports team and I can get, and then I can flick a message through to you. Nice. That's how we work. Yeah. Great man. Great yep. man. Thanks, buddy. Yep. We'll, kick, we'll chat again. Very good. And don't forget New Zealand Derby this weekend at Tarapa. Oh, oh sharp and smart. Very sharp. Very smart. $1. seventy <laughs> at the moment. And they're, pop, they're piling in, Steph. If you like the $1. seventy, I'll get on soon. Yes, 70% on all of your multis. Freebies. Freebies. It's a class act. Thanks, Paulie. Enjoy your weekend. Very good, Steph. Thank you, mate. Cheers, mate. Paul Mawadi out of the TAB. TAB.co.nz, of course, or you can download the app. That's where all the options are, the, the power plays, the enhanced odds. Uh, you can watch and bet there on the watch and bet tab as long as you've got an account and you've got a positive account balance as well. After this break, he checks. We are going to play Show Me The Money. Is that right, Manoy? I think that's right. I haven't got cameras. I haven't got anything. So yeah, let's do it. Okay. Show Me The Money. So if you want to play Show Me The Money, 0800-150-811 is the number to give us a call. You can join myself, Manaya, and Captain K's back in the house because Sammy's got a couple of days off. So we'll pick a leg each. You pick a leg. $50 TRB bonus bet. It wins. You win. Happy days. Give us a yelp now. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money.
Righto. Um, I've just had the people from uh, Warburger saying, have you given the vouchers away yet? Yeah, we're going to do it in about 10 minutes. Is that right, Manoy? That's right. There's so still a chance to get in the draw if you want to. Yeah, with your crucial ingredients. Right, show me the money. I can't see names. I can't see numbers. I understand you and Captain K have facilitated a yep. winner for show me the money. Well, a competitor for yes. show me the money. Yes, we found an old prize wheel in here and we've spun that. And the number correlating uh, with that caller is number three. And that caller is Gareth. From? Christchurch. Do we go to Hello, Gareth, Gareth first? Yes. Hello, Gareth. G'day, boys. How you going? Very well. As usual, you get to choose first or last in this multi-bet. Oh, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off. I found a nice, juicy one there in the, um, the Penrith Panthers-Broncos game tomorrow. Beautiful. Uh, I'm going to go Patrick Carrington, the uh, Broncos lock forward, any time try scorer at $15. <laughs> You are swinging for the fence. Sorry, I'm still scrolling. Absolutely. The bonus bit, the only way to play them. Can, I like your attitude. Can I tell you some players paying less than Pat Carrigan? <laughs> 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 Marty Topo is paying less than Patrick Carrigan. Most yeah. of them will be. Yeah, no, he's, he's a hard worker. He'll play big minutes. And he's, um, I think, with the Broncos forward pack, they're, they're, they're a bit heavier in the, um, in the middle. So I think they're a good chance of possibly breaking through the middle. So I think there's a little bit of. Um, logic behind the, behind the decision there. So I think he's a little bit more agile than someone like Marty Patel as well. So I think he'll be sniffing around and uh, yeah, if they're good enough, he might get a, might get a crack. I love it. I love it. Okay, Manoia, what are you going? You're going to go with me? Okay, well that's really set me free to get a, a nice little anchor in here, I think. Um, I'm going to go across the Dutch uh, to Sydney with the Kings take on the New Zealand Breakers in game one. I think they're going to be tense. It's going to be a tight affair. So I'm going to go under the total points, which is at 174.5. So we're going unders for the Breakers' first game. Nice, nice. What's that pay? Uh, $1.83. Chuck that one on. Captain K. I think we're going from one anchor to another. I'm going to slice down a little bit. Play it safe <laughs> on the big return. Uh, here in my element, show me the money. We're going to Bahrain. It's a little bit of a Sammy Hewitt <laughs> omen bet. It's not often you say that talking on the TAB. Uh, under 18, not, no, I'm joking. F1 is back this weekend. Charles Leclerc looking nice. Top three finish, $1.67. Play it safe, get it home. Show me the money. Okay, okay. Monday 4am okay. as well, so it's going to be a nice uh, Monday morning wake up if we're three from three. I'll tell you what, seeing I'm, go- I'm choosing last, I'm going to say to Gareth, I was going to go John Rahm top five, uh, sorry, top ten at about a dollar eighty. You sound like you want to puff your chest and swing for the fence. I'm happy to go top five if you want a bit more risk or you want a bit more safer and go top ten at one eighty or top five at about two eighty. Up to you, Gareth. Yeah, show me the money at top five. Oh, do the maths, Manaya. Oh, what have we got? A 15, a oh, 270, beep, a couple beep, of 180s. Beep. That is coming in at paying a, a whopping $114.60. We put our $50 on. They take it back again if it comes in. And you take the difference, which is $5,680.18. <laughs> oh, you'll be happy with that, Gareth. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, oh. I've got a good feeling about it, boys. Uh, when Carrigan crashes over on the weekend, I'll be keeping an eye to make sure you guys uh, deliver on your, your promises. I just hope John Rahm doesn't finish sixth now. <laughs> <laughs>
I might have to take a wee uh, insurance one, uh, a wee $10 multi myself, just, just in case. Yeah, good man, Gareth. That, that's the spirit. You've entered it into the spirit that it was designed for. We wish you all the very best. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Oh, wow. Five grand plus. I think Gareth's had a crack at this before, and he went huge as well. And uh, we didn't get it, but he does enjoy it. He, he enters the spirit. He does enter the spirit. Um, the last couple of entries. Oh, we've had a whole heap of entries into your burger. Into your burger ingredients. Sriracha sauce, cider pilsner. Um, I make a good juicy Lucy burger, which is two patties pressed together with buffalo mozzarella. <laughs> Stevie, can you let me know how my favourite golfer, Michael Hendry, is getting on? Leanne, because it's you... Here it comes. Oh, damn, I'm on the amateur leaderboard. Tell you what, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. The first thing I do, I'll tell you how Peter Hendry and anyone else that's asked, how their golfers are going, and then we'll announce the two winners of the $100 Warburgers voucher. Stick around. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Righto, the boys have told me that the draw has been done for two $100 vouchers here at Wahlburgers, and I tell you, you will not be disappointed. I've finished my burger and chips. Um, they put all the texts and the phone calls in. They've told me this one here. Okay, Brad. Brad sent in. I'm struggling to read it. Here we go. Slap a wee dollop of beer, of, of the beer you're drinking amongst the patties. I always mix sauces up too. Mix the mayo with some sweet chilli and mustard. Maybe mix the aioli with the barbecue sauce. Crucial ingredient would be melted cheese. This is like a full chef's menu here. Um, I can't read the bottom. Sorry, boys. Uh, oh, there it is. I'm coming to the big smoke for a week at the end of March. Warburgers voucher would be unreal. You've got it. You have got it. And the other voucher winner was this one, they tell me, which I can't. Can you read the next one? Sorry, guys. I'm just yeah, having absolutely. A... Beetroot has no place in a burger whatsoever. It's like a murder scene in a burger. <laughs> oh, no, I've just lost him as well. What? Um, yeah, I don't know where he's gone. Uh, but that was from Mark. So we appreciate your text there. The murder scene in a burger did make us giggle here in the <laughs> studio. Awesome, awesome. Right, uh, someone's just said, when's the interview with Els Fisser coming up? That is coming up about quarter past, 20 past two. Stay listening because we're nearly at 2 o'clock. Tom Walsh after the new sport and weather. We're live from Warburgers. It's here. It's open. It's Auckland. It's Princess Wharf. And it's Burgers the Warburgers way. You will not be disappointed. Stick around. Tom Walsh coming up after the new sport and weather. Leanne texted and asked me how Michael Hendry's going. He has played three holes and he's one over. Just one over through three. Won't tell you his placing. It'll make you disappointed, Leanne, but early days for him. Um, I thought this man might be playing as one of the stars, actually, but probably he can't because the New Zealand track and field champs is on. He's very well known to all of us. Um, gosh, what accolades hasn't he won? So let's just bring him in. Tom Walsh, our very favourite shot putter. G'day, Tom. Hey, mate. How are you? Very well. Um, do, you, do you relax at this time, so close to a competition? What, what do the last few days look for you building up into a comp? 
Yeah, pretty pretty relaxed really. I'm just uh, sitting at home, actually getting packing uh, for tomorrow and the next day, which is a pretty easy job considering it's only a two day away rather than five months. So it's a lot less to worry about, and uh, I'll have a sauna later on and maybe watch some watch some TV and put the feet up and, and just try and chill out and recover a little bit. Is it all about being as loose and fully rested as you can be to absolutely explode at the time of competition? Oh, some, to some degree. It really depends how you sit in terms of what you think you need, right? Um, I know that I've thrown some of my best times, you know, um, you know, not with the perfect build-up and things like that. And so it's about, for me, especially in the last few days, yeah, it's about trying to minimise... Um, you know, the uh, excess of, like, walking around and seeing stuff and doing things, but also it's about me managing my expectations and, you know, being aware of them in, in my self-talk and making sure that, one, I manage my expectations, as I just said, and, two, um, that my self-talk is positive and, and, it's, and it's not negative. Uh, and I'm looking at what I could do if things go well rather than what happens if I don't throw well. When I watch you in a competition, and in fact all of your fellow competitors, and, and on the on the big international meets, it's usually the same group of guys. There seems to be a moment um, when you're pretty close to it's your turn to throw, and you throw a bubble around yourself, and you no outside comes in, and you're just so totally focused on on the next throw. But then between throws, when you have a few minutes, you, you'll just go and have a have a yarn to the boys. It's kind of weird. You seem like really good mates, but fierce competitors all at once. Oh, indeed. You know, we uh, there's always one or two bad apples that we don't get on with, but, but most of the guys are, are really good guys. And, uh, you know, they, they, all the guys know that if I'm chatty and want to, like, joke around and stuff like that, that I'm feeling good. So they try not to talk to me as much. Um, and then if I'm not as chatty and not feeling as good, then they try and talk to me, to, you know, because uh, they know that I'm not quite in the shape that I'd want to be in. So there are always mind games like that, and there's always a little bit of shit talk out there too, which is which is good, you know. We uh, we do the sport because we love it, and we love the chase, but we also really enjoy that competitive side of things and, and a bit of smack talk. So, it's uh, yeah, it's good fun, mate. We, we talk a lot to Hamish Kerr on this show as well, and he chases centimetres, and you chase centimetres as well and, and I just I I don't think I would have the wherewithal to continually line up and continually train centimetre chasing what keeps you motivated <laughs> oh yeah it's a tough one and Hamish is um, his event's really tough too because he can see where his is right he yeah. can see it but then I've, I've got to clear that and if I don't clear that then you know I'm out or whatever it is when mine is I get six goes and you know, one of the I only need really need one of the six to be a good one, right? So it's a little bit different. But um, I think for me, the drive is still to feel that perfect throw and and the just how good it feels. And it's like a drug. So that's the thing that I'm chasing all the time. And you know, in the sessions, especially at the moment, I'm starting to move a little bit better coming into nationals. I'm starting to put some throws together, and I might put like 50% of it together to start with, and 60%, not 70%, and the closer I get the more frustrated I get because I'm not putting the whole thing together. So it's, it's, um, that's where most of the motivation comes from internally really is just chasing that. But also you said in your intro that, you know, what haven't I done? Well, I, well, I haven't broken the world record uh, and, I, and I haven't won an Olympic gold. So there's two other motivating, external motivating factors for me. Yeah. 
in New Zealand, well, I guess in the world, there's a lot of casual golfers, there's a lot of casual tennis players. <laughs> like, I know what a good tee shot feels like. And, and for me, that might be 240 metres out of the screws of the driver. Don't feel a thing. Click. Everything felt good. Balanced the whole lot. There's not many casual shot putters out there who, you know, you're in a mate say, hey, do you want to go and throw a shot put round for a while? You just don't, <laughs> you just don't do it. So can you explain yeah. to me what a good throw feels like or does it feel like nothing because it was good? Yeah, well, I guess it's, as you said, you know, that one that goes 200 meter, 240 metres straight down the pipe, it, it feels like that, but that's what feels good to you. And the better you get, the more refined your feeling gets to a good drive or to a good shot put. Uh, and so now it, it is, for me, it is effortless. It is just pure timing. It is having a real laser focus and intent, but not trying too much as well at the same time. And that's always the balancing act is, you know, not trying to force it, but also going after it at the same time, which is, which is a real. That's what people talk about when they're in flow. Is they, you know, it, you have, you have. It, my throw takes half a second, but if, when I get it bang on, it feels like it takes two seconds. Yeah. Um, so things just slow down and everything's easy and moves well. Yeah. Does it? I asked this of someone earlier in the week who's been doing the same sport for a long, long time. In the nicest possible way, can I ask, does it ever get boring to you doing the same thing all the time? What, you mean turning around in a circle and yelling at a steel ball? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> like if you're a rugby player, you pass, kick, you tackle, you run, you forward, you back, you, there's lots of variation, whereas you are so focused on doing exactly the same thing all the time. Yeah, I, it, um, well, no, it hasn't yet, uh, <laughs> is the short answer, right? Um, and I think once I lose that, and once I'm like, oh, geez, I've got to go to training, you know, um, that's probably the time where I go, all right, I'm out, because there's nowhere to hide in an individual sport. Like, what the work you put in, the effort you put in, it, it shows up. And, and if you're not there and don't want to be there, then, you know, it's going to reflect badly on your performance. So at the moment, no, I still love it. But, but you know, like I, I spend, you know, I, I have a lot of gym stuff. I do a lot of sprinting and jumping stuff. I... Um, there's always different technical things that we're working on in the circle from, you know, standing throws to half throws to full turns. Um, so there is still a good variation. And we try to we try to make it as fun as possible, um, obviously, but still make sure that we're, we're dotting our I's and crossing our T's. And, and last thing is, I know you can't throw a shot put any good without strength, and you certainly can't throw it any good without technique. How long does it take to master the balance between strength and technique, or is it an ever-evolving beast? It just—it's ever-evolving um, because uh, the stronger you get, then that changes something, right? Like it might change the way you move out of the back of the circle because now you can squat better, so you move better out of the back. But then that's a chain reaction down the line. So what does that change further to the front of the circle for the throw? Um, and so we're always you know, putting out wee forest fires here and there. Um, and always working on, always working on stuff. So it's, it's um, you know, some of my furthest throws have been probably the worst technically, but they've been, uh, as we talked about earlier, the the they've been free and flowing and effortless. Um, but then also vice versa, I've had some of my best throws that have been, you know, technically put together extremely well. Where are you at at the moment, Tom? Do, do you have a pattern like a lot of? 
athletes where you peak and you build and you have this building base. Where are you at leading into nationals? Are you are you at peak? No, look, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm at peak. Um, my freshen up block has been about four weeks, um, which is really short for me to freshen up. You know, going into World Champs or Olympic Games, that freshen up block will be probably eight weeks. Um, so, you know, look, I'm in, I'm in some really good shape still too, but uh, definitely not. Um, you know, the last four weeks is when we really polish stuff off and, and, and now things and now things down. What What's occurring with me at the moment is I'm going through a little bit of a frustrating time because I'm moving really well, but my timing is completely out because I haven't moved like this for six months. Um, so that's something that I've just got to get used to and, and got to put together, but it's uh, I'm knocking on the door for sure. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I'd encourage people to come out and watch you do your craft. What's the best thing they could yell out to you if they're coming along to watch you at the track and field champs? And when <laughs> should and when should they yell it? Oh, <laughs> the best thing they could yell out to me. Um, you know, probably I was actually at a training session here one day, and we throw at Jelly Park, um, which is right next to the swimming pool, and the hydro slide kind of looks down at our um, sector. And uh, one of the kids yelled out to me, go Jacko. Um, <laughs> so so uh, Don't yell I think that was my best, best, best throw of the day. So maybe you should yell something like that. That might get my, bloody, that might get my uh, blood pumping. <laughs> I bloody love that. That is brilliant. Yeah. Hey, Tom, fantastic to talk to you. Go well, and uh, especially for the rest of the year. You've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, thanks for joining us today. So it is. Hey, thanks. Cheers, mate. Tom Walsh there. What a champion bloke he is, and yes, the New Zealand track and field champs are on uh, this weekend, um, and we've got such good athletes uh, in New Zealand, uh, and as people, I mean, you know, just, we've had a lot of them on the show over the last 18 months, and um, they're just great humans, great well, humans. South Cantabrian as well, Steph, so. He is. Mm. You're born great, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jenny knows track and field champs. I'm just going to try and find some times and stuff for you. They are March 2 to March 5. Um, is it March 2 today? It is. It started today. Newtown Park in Wellington. So all the people that went to the cricket, go and support our track and field champs. We've got some really, really good athletes on display there. Your last day, Manaya. It's mm -hmm. your last day at SENZ. Mm -hmm. We had a, a morning tea for you. Yes. From the... Um, from the most expensive cafe. <laughs> I think it's bankrupted the... Um, I, I think now there's a, we've hit an inversion point where I've cost the company more in catering than I have in salaries during my time here at SCNZ. I think it was because we dropped your salary that we could afford it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, the thing, well, I know how much we paid for morning tea, and it was two small plates of quartered muffins and scones. <laughs> oh, and there, there was one croissant in there as well. So don't shortchange them too much. Uh, but, yeah, very sad, very sad. Thank you to everyone who's uh, ever done anything. Cheers. Have you, have, you got a, have you got one highlight and one low light? Oh, the or highlight one? for sure uh, is being, was interviewing Dirk Nowitzki, and that only happened like two weeks ago. Yes, yes, tremendous um, highlight. Oh, I've still got the signed shirt. I couldn't find anything else to get him to sign, so he just signed the shirt I was wearing at the time. That's hung up in the, uh, in the wardrobe. Um, so yeah, that's definitely been the highlight for me. It's been There's tremendous. Too many lowlights to mention, really. Let's be honest. Yeah, I think. Well, if it's, if it wasn't such a short show today, um, we could probably get them in. But we've lost that hour to the Phoenix Nation, so 
Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, let's have a little break. On the other side of this, we're going to catch up with Al Spisser. She is an Ironman competitor. She's a triathlete, but in 2014, she was on a disaster at sea in Indonesia in the middle of the night, stranded at sea, swum eight hours to a deserted island. I'm not making this up. Uh, with a fellow New Zealander by the name of Gaylene. They spent the night on this deserted island, no food, no water, no clothes, and then got picked up uh, the following afternoon and got saved, and she said, I'm going to make something of my life. Uh, here she is nine years later in New Zealand competing Ironman Taupo. What a story she's got to tell. She's come here from the Netherlands, Elsvisa. I spoke to her earlier this morning. I'll play you that chat right after this break. Well, you remember yesterday we caught up with Cameron Brown, um, the 12th uh, time... Yes, uh, 12-time Ironman competitor. Now joining us on the line is she's come all the way from the Netherlands to compete in Ironman, but what a story she's got. Els Visser joins the show. Uh, good morning, Els. Good morning. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, gosh, I really want to talk about Ironman and triathlons and Kona and all sorts of things with you, but can we go back to 2014? Shipwreck, <laughs> shipwreck survivor. You're probably sick of telling the story, but... Um, it's just come across my consciousness. What, a, what an incredible thing that you went through with a fellow New Zealander. Can you take us back and give us a, a bit of a version of what happened on, on this boat ride? Yeah, I was for a medical internship in Indonesia, and I was traveling for three months by myself. And with one week left, I decided to make a boat trip, a four-day trip. And then it happened that on the second night, um, it was around 11 p.m., and the weather was just, like, super extreme. And the guy came upstairs, and he said, okay, like, you have to put your life jacket on. There's a hole in the boat, and we're making water. Um, and, um, like, the problem was that the boat was so simple that there was no equipment to reach out to people, and all our phones were out of surface. So we were there in the middle of the night, in the middle of the ocean, thinking and we couldn't contact anyone um so uh yes it took maybe one or two hours before we were all in, in the in the dark ocean in the middle of the water and then it was just surviving and waiting for the whole night uh, until like the sun came up um and in the early morning we saw an island in the far distance um the Diosia is super far away and i was just like super afraid and scared to to leave like kind of the group um, but together with Gaming, a lady from New Zealand, um, yeah, we, we decided to, to swim to that island and we swam away from the group. And uh, after eight hours of swimming, we arrived in, on this island. Gosh. Did, did the other people in survive or did the, the other people get picked um, up? Well, we were, we were with 25 people total and um, we got rescued after sleeping one night on the island and then... A lot of rescue teams went into the ocean and we found the others. But in the end, two other Spanish passengers, um, they also started swimming to the island and they have never been found. Gosh. So, um, yeah. That's a swimming for eight hours. Was part of it swimming? Was part of it treading water, finding debris to float with? Because eight hours in the water is a long, long time. Yes. Yes, it was like what really saved our lives was that the water temperature was pretty high. So it was still like, I was like still really cold and freezing, but at least the water temperature was high enough to yeah, stay alive. And um, we also had life jackets and they were like super old, but at least they gave us some buoyancy. So that really helped, yes, to yeah, stay, stay floating. 
uh, and in the end, we've been like very lucky as well with with the current, or that the in the end, like the the sea will decide who's the yeah, it's the strongest, and depending on the current, um, yeah, we've been lucky as well. <laughs> And I read that um, that changed your life, that moment, and it's incredible. In, in a lot of people's lives, it's it's like catastrophe or heartache or heartbreak or something uh, wakes you up into a, a second stanza of life, if you like, else, and you decided, I'm going to do something, I'm going to throw myself at, ev- at everything, um, and you just mm-hmm. chose triathlon. Why did you choose that? Well, more by accident that I... Came and I can touch with the sport. I just signed up for a race in the Netherlands in Amsterdam and I really enjoyed it. And then I heard about the Ironman races and I was like really inspired by like the distance of it and the challenge, the mental and physical challenge I had to yeah to start to 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 finish a race like that. And I just gave it a go. And once I started training towards my first Ironman, I really fell in love with the sport and the community and. In the end, it's like such a long journey to be on the start line of such an event, and then yeah, the whole journey uh, in front of yeah towards the race, and then on the day itself, you're out on course with all the other triathletes, and we all give our very best to make it to the finish line. And once you cross that finish line, it's like all the emotions that come together, and yeah, it's just that feeling that very magical and um, yeah what I really what I really love and uh, I just really love being a triathlete now in the lifestyle and the people I meet and the different uh, countries I visit and um, yeah for me it's now really like enjoying every day and live my life to the fullest. We're talking to Els Fisser who's here for Ironman in Topol this weekend. Um, Els you're also gosh you you, you you make us feel very humbled. You're um, you're a medical doctor. You've got a PhD in surgery, and one of the things I love about uh, Ironman in particular, uh, yes, the elite athletes and they're and they're doing it in eight hours or something. But there's some that take seventeen hours, and the stories behind mm-hmm. them about uh, they started on a weight loss journey, they started on a cancer survival yeah. journey, and they and they they beat their demons, and the emotion for them is probably even more so because it's a victory in life. And being from a medical profession, do you appreciate what people have to go through just to a get on the start line and b complete it and and compete in it? That's exactly what it is, and like every single competitor has his or own story, and for everyone, it's such a commitment to make it to the start line and to cross the finish line, and it's so inspiring to see like people so dedicated in their training and yes, losing weight, work on their lifestyles, and the good or the good thing is just that they it's just like a way of living, and they really have like training is kind of a routine, and it's part of their daily life and that's in the end to like stay healthy and to prevent diseases and avoid like all those like diseases it's so important that exercise is part of our daily routine and that's what every single triathlete does that training is just part of what they do every day and um, yes just a way to stay active and healthy and it's so inspiring just to see like young and old and um yeah some skinny athletes but also like the the people having like the weight loss story and we all come together and uh, we all give our very best 
And Elsa, I know part of the reason you came here was to reconnect with that Kiwi woman you swam eight hours with and spent a night on a deserted island nearly yes. nearly a decade ago. Have you managed to do that yet? Um, I fly to her on Sunday after the race, and um, I fly to Nelson, and then on Monday we reunite again, and I stay with her for a week, and yeah, we spend some adventures at her home place, and I'm really looking forward to also to get to know the woman behind, because when I was with her, we were both in such a survival state, and now I'm just like very curious to see who she actually is, and <laughs> uh, yeah, to meet her in person, so I'm really looking forward to that, and yeah, this is like very special to me, like the the race I do on on Saturday, and then to meet with yeah to catch up with her, and uh, yeah, it's going to be very special. Well, I encourage everyone to go and um, just Google Els Visser, E-L-S-V-I-S-S-E-R. You've done a TED Talk, you're an athlete, you're a surgeon, and you're in New Zealand. So um, you're a Kiwi for a couple of weeks. Is that okay to say that? Oh, yes. If you get me as a Kiwi, I would love to be a Kiwi for a couple of weeks. Thank you. Brilliant, Else. Well, you have a, have a wonderful race. I know you'll race with a smile on your face. Your, your body will probably hurt at certain stages during the race. But, um, gosh, when I reflect on, on what you've achieved and what you've done and the awakening you had at 2014 to, to enable you to do all of this, I think, I think it's wonderful. And, and um, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Have a good day. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Oh, what is making news? Right on the back of Johnny Mac's real news, we've probably got some unreal news, Manai Stewart. Well, it is unreal, but it's also real. It did happen. Uh, the internet, Staffy has fallen in love with a frog. Um... Uh, <laughs> they they call this frog Froderick. Uh, like so, so a bloke, it, he found a frog that was living in uh, like the railing of his fence, you know, like mm-hmm. a hollow steel railing. There was just a frog that was chilling out inside there. And so he filmed it one night. He put a little camera in front of it just to see what it was up to. And he posted that on the internet. And everyone said, that's a well and good, mate. But give the bloke a hand. Like he's a frog. He's living in your fence. <laughs> so this guy got a 3D printer designed up a little frog house and made a little frog house for the frog to live in that attached to his fence. Yes, he did. But the oh, internet, like was, internet wasn't happy enough with that. They said, look, he needs a little bit of a pool. It's a dry house. They need somewhere for him to soak in um, <laughs> when he's hanging out. So he had to bin that and make another one. Second iteration, it had a little bit of a pool. Um, it was easier to access for him as well. The internet wasn't happy enough with that either. Froderick's, oh. Froderick's House V2. Uh, they said it needs to be a little bit bigger than that um, because, you know, he's a frog. It was just a small little pool. So he makes version 3. It's got a bigger pool. Well, the pool's so big now that one night another frog shows up. Oh. A lady frog. Oh, uh-huh. he wooed the lady frog. With his sick bachelor pad. <laughs> Well, one thing leads to another. All of a sudden, there's tadpoles everywhere, so the tadpoles need their own pool, don't they? So he's built a tadpole ramp and another pool at the bottom of the gate, and they raise a little brood. But one night, drama, when a possum comes along the fence and starts nuzzling around the frogs. The internet have started calling this possum uh, King Julian. And, uh, (laughs) like, from Madagascar. 
So to keep them, well, turns out he was an ally. King Julian was an ally of Froderick and the and the little frauds that he gave birth to. Uh, so the bloke 3D printed a house for the uh, possum as well. Next thing you know, the possums found a lover as well. So there's two possums and about a thousand frogs living on this guy's fence now, all 3D printed houses. How cute is that story? Oh. Heartwarming. And I love, it's a bit of a dad joke, but they got froggy with it. Hey. Um, it reminded me of a, I worked on a, I did a job on a farm in the UK and this farmer had badgers. Now it's illegal to kill badgers over there. Right. So he would shoot the badgers and put them just up the road a little bit off the side of the road um, to make it look like they'd been hit by a car. One, <laughs> one day the guy from the council comes up his driveway and this farmer's going, oh, I know what's happened here. He's found all the badger things and he's come to spring me. And the guy comes up, knocks on the door, he says, oh, Mr. Farmer, I've seen all of the badgers dead on the side of the road up there uh, just on your property. And he goes, yeah, sorry about that. And he goes, we wanted to ask your permission to build an underpass so that they can cross safely so that they don't get hit by the cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. Oh, that's golden. Um, and just finally, I've got one more. I can't, I, I can't imagine you're a Harry Potter fan, Steph. Never watched it, never read it. Star Wars, though? Went to the first one. Really disappointed in it. Really? Yeah, it's wow. just me. I just don't do science fiction. Okay. Uh, well, someone has noted all of the, uh, they've put it up online, all of the similarities. It's essentially, Harry Potter is essentially a rip-off of Star Wars. Since you didn't watch any more than the first one, you won't get any of this. But basically, uh, an orphaned kid uh, is housed by his uncle and auntie who don't tell him anything about his family. Then he's picked up by a hairy wizard, taught magic. Meanwhile, he's got a hot girl living with him uh, that he only sees as a sister and then eventually ends up shacked up with his scruffy mate. <laughs> at, the end, they have a, at the end, they have a massive stoush with the bad guy uh, in a black robe, and uh, all, is, all is saved. So, yeah, it's essentially... And I can't believe I've never noticed that similarity, but, yeah, it's an, oh. essentially almost a, a plot-point-for-plot-point rip-off of yeah, Star Wars. I, I, I don't have to have watched them to understand the plot similarities. It's oh. uncanny. Yeah, it is incredible. Um, but anyway, I think that's uh, that'll do us for an abridged version of uh, what's making news. Well, the, the other thing, we've had a number of text messages mm. into the show this week saying, mm. why is Manai going? Where's he going? Mm. What's Manai doing now? What's he going to do now? Apart from buy a wedge and break 120, mm. well, what are you going to do now? Well, um, look, I don't know if there's no easy way to say this, but... There have been a lot of rumours about who the next All Black coach is going to be. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that it's a coincidence that I'm leaving on the day that they say they're going to make an announcement uh, in the next few weeks. So I would just, you know, keep your ears pricked, keep your ears to the ground about what's happening in the sporting world, and you'll see more of me, I think. Um, I don't think it, yeah, it's, it's no coincidence that there are other candidates other than Razor. It's not just Razor going for that yes. job. So. Uh. You've kept that very close to your chest. Yeah, no, but I am going to a, uh, I'm going to another, I guess, a sports media organisation. Yep. Um, and actually, poor negotiating on my behalf. Start there next week, uh, so <laughs> no time off in between jobs. So um, if you have a Facebook or Instagram account, you'll probably see next week where I'm going. Yes, fair enough. Well, you will be, with, you will be, Miss Manoy. As oh, I said to you this morning, you, you, you're a very um, if I use the right side of my brain, you use the left. We meet in the middle occasionally, <laughs> but you certainly do put the icing on my cake. You've been a great addition to SCNZ, and publicly I wanted to say thanks, mate. Um, 
you have been a breath of fresh air. I love your ideas. Um, I don't agree with them all, but I always <laughs> I always welcome them all because we can't come up with anything ourselves. So you've been a great contributor to this station for a long, long time. And I know the listeners will miss you, and, and we will miss you too, mate. Thanks very much, Steph. And I'd just like to second that. I don't agree with a lot of my ideas either. <laughs> I don't stand behind any of them. <laughs> okay, his final job is to be to run the vault. Mm. I, I have no. What are we up to? God, um, God, three questions, which would be what two hundred dollars. So we've done. You do one hundred dollars for seven. Yeah. One fifty for five. Yeah. Two two hundred two hundred bucks. Mm. Two hundred bucks to play the vault. You've been listening along this week. You'll know roughly where we're honing into. You get three yes, no questions. If you get it right, $200 TAB bonus bet will be yours. Call us now, 0800-150-811. It's not every day you get a chance to win a $200 TAB bonus bet. Give us a call. We'll take it after this. Seven questions. No, sorry, three One questions. answer. Can you crack the vault? Uh, crack the vault. Already the vault's gone into... Uh, uh, apocalyptic shock. Three questions you get today. Um, Captain K spun with the wheel. He texted me and said, John from Christchurch. G'day, John. G'day, Steph. How you doing, pal? Good, thanks, John. Very good. I'm, I'm fed. I'm happy. Um, but yeah, how was that burger, mate? How was the burger? It absolutely hit the spot. Uh, wasn't too big. Wasn't too small. The chips and the little dip thing I had, magnificent. Washed down with a, with a beautiful... Um, Summersby apple cider. I'm a happy camper. Brilliant, mate. Good stuff. Pleased to hear it. Right. You get, have you been following along? I have pretty much. I haven't heard quite all, but I've got pretty much the gist of what's going on. So, um, yep, we'll have a crack and see how right, we go. Right. We'll, we'll play the solve it question music, and you get one, two, three questions. Let's get into it. What's your first question? Oh, uh, Does this involve, or did this moment happen in South Africa? In South Africa, no, it did not. Okay. Um, next moment is, did it happen in uh, Christchurch? In Christchurch? No, it did not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've right, got, okay. eliminating's good, though. Eliminating is good. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, does this moment uh, involve... Jonah Lomu. Does it involve Jonah Lomu? No, it does not. Okay. <laughs> now you get a wild guess. You've pumped it up another yeah, 50 think... bucks for tomorrow, but you're going to have a wild guess. No, that's good. I was thinking it might have been the final four merge, given the double bird. Yeah, um, I thought by your first question that's what you were thinking. Yeah. Um, that's a date. Uh, oh. Well, not, does it? No, it doesn't mean it does, uh, Was it Scott Robertson uh, doing the breakdown team um, after we beat the Brumbies? Manaya, put the that final? into the vault, please. Access denied. No, John, I'm sorry, access denied, but all of New Zealand are happy with you because you've pipped it up to $250 for tomorrow. Good luck to whoever it is tomorrow, and have a good weekend, everyone. Good man, John. That's what we like. Gracious, gracious. John from Christchurch, he's moved us a little bit closer. We now know it's not in South Africa. 
or at Christchurch, and it doesn't involve Jonah Lomu. There we go. Uh, quick update on the leaderboard of the New Zealand Open. Stick with me. Stick with me. Six under still lead. Yes, it does. Um, we now have, oh, swag of them. Bittle, Elka, Asaji, Sharonkul, Power Horan, um, and then a group of golfers on five under. Kabori Ford, uh, Papadatos, Flynn, Sam Jones from New Zealand. Four unders. Where's the other Kiwis? Gareth Patterson. He's out on the on a, He's finished. He's four under in the house. Um, Dan Hillier finished in the house at four under. Brad Kennedy, former winner, finished three under. Scott Hend. I feel like some one of the big named amateur players has drawn Scott Hend in the pro am. Not 100%. Oh no. One of our listeners was caddying for Scott Hend. That's right. He's carried his bag to a three-under tied 20th. There you go. Good man. Good man. Other Kiwis? Oh, there's a lot of Australians in this field. It's mainly Australians. Harry Hillier. Must be brother of. He's two under. Um, Nick Voke, two under. Um, Kieran Muir, another New Zealander, one under. Luke Toomey. Luke Toomey, one under through ten. Uh, one under through three, sorry. Good start by Luke Toomey. Very good friends with Sammy Hewitt. Peter Chucky Fowler. Yeah, even through two. So that's all of the Kiwis. Denzel Uramir even through six. And Ryan Z, who I think is the 14-year-old, uh, is even through three as well. Um, yes, um, we are live here at, uh, I was going to say come down and say good day, but we're going to get out of here in about 10 minutes. But Wahlburgers, highly recommended. A massive menu, great for kids. In fact, these families coming in now. Um, they must have got their kids out of school early. Plenty of seating, plenty of TVs. Lots of offer, uh, lots to offer at the bar. The menu's fantastic, which I ran through you for you earlier. Um, just fantastic. We will take our last break, and we'll have a look back on this day. It is March the second. It is March the second. Um, back in the day, on this day in history, and uh, next year, interestingly, back in the day, March second next year will be 2023. The Damon Ice Stewart left SCNZ. It'll become part of history. Join us after the break. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Here's what happened back in the day. Yes, it was. 2nd of March, back in the day. Um, in nine, Sorry, in 2000, New Zealand became only the second country in 150 years to successfully defend the America's Cup. For the first time in 149 years of competition for Yachting Holy Grail, Team New Zealand complete the first successful defense of the America's Cup outside America. The America's Cup is still New Zealand's Cup. Yep, 5-0 Queen Sleep, oh, uh, Queen Clean Sweep over... Prada Syndicate uh, that was in the waters off Auckland. 2011, uh, luck of the Irish. Kevin O'Brien, remember, remember this, he smoked the fastest 100 in World Cup history off 50 balls, helping Ireland pull off a legendary upset win against England. Chipped away on the onside. The call is still. He should get there. This is the fastest 100 in World Cup history. 16 fours, six sixes, 113 and 63 balls. 2012, listen to this yarn. 
The NFL confirmed the New Orleans Saints had run a bounty program which gave incentives to players to injure their opposition in violation of league rules during the 2009, 10 and 11 seasons. Coach Sean Payton was suspended without pay for the season. Ex-defensive coordinator Greg Williams was suspended indefinitely and GM Mickey Loomis was suspended for eight games. They were fined half a million dollars and lost a second round pick in both 2012 and 13. So they were coached to go out and maim the opposition and they'd get paid if they did. Crazy stuff. Birthdays today. Harry Redknapp was born in 1947. Kevin Current, South African tennis player. Chris Lewis fans, you'll remember him. See ya, semi-final Wimbledon. Uh, Daryl Gibson, ex-All Black midfielder and New South Wales Waratahs coach. Born on this day in uh, 1975. In 1977, Andrew Strauss, English test captain. He was born on this day. In 1982, the number one movie was On Golden Pond, and the number one song was this. A minute till we're out of here. I'm just going to read you the Blues team, which has just been named. Uh, front row, Fusitua, Riccatelli and Lay, all new front row. Paddy Tupalotu, Cameron Tua, four in the locks. Tom Robinson, although there is a bracketed Adrian Choate. Tom Robinson, I believe, had COVID, uh, but it looks like he's back. Dalton Papali, Hoskins, Satutu. Backline of Christie, Bowden Barrett, um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, Rico Ioani, Caleb Clark, Mark Talia, the hero of last week, Stephen Perifeta, a fantastic bench of Eklund, Tuungafasi, Renata, Taka, Choate, Funaki, Heem, and Ratamaitivuki Neepkins, young Jacob. Um, thank you all for your company today. Uh, thank you very much to the crew who've made us feel very welcome at uh, Warburgers here. Highly recommend it, not just because I'm here and they gave me a free burger, but I will come back and I'll buy my own. Fantastic burgers, fantastic menu, great staff, and they just bought me a cocktail just to send me on my way. Happy day, sports screens deluxe big thanks to captain k for jumping back in good to have you back here uh, my ginger ninja my brother um and to manoya once again godspeed my friend uh fantastic to have you with me for the last month or so but for the last year and a half here at SNC, you made a big big contribution wish you all the very best in the future and we won't be strangers you too got a bloke to do that too so go buy a wedge and when my shoulders 100 we'll go and play golf and laugh at each other uh, insanely. Look forward uh, to Phoenix it, Nation is <laughs> Phoenix Nation is up next. Go well.